Lecture topic, Preparing for Ramadan. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhi nastafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. وَلَا تُخْزِنِي يَوْمَ يُبْعَثُونَ يَوْمَ لَا يَنفَعُ مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ كُلُّ مَخْمُومٍ الْقَلْبِ صَدُوقٌ لِّسَانٌ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ Most respected of my kiram, brothers and elders. We are approaching a very, very Mubarak time, very great time. The Mubarak month of Ramadan. These discussions are merely a muzakara for what can inshallah hopefully inspire us. First and foremost myself, Allah Ta'ala make it for all of us. that how do we approach this mubarak time in a way that we can earn the maximum we can achieve the maximum allah taala himself has made this a very blessed and very mubarak period of time because allah taala wants to bless his servants but then if the servants don't take advantage of this great ni'mat and bounty then on the one side it is a very great loss but it is not just merely having deprived oneself of the greatness and goodness it is beyond that one is having deprived oneself of the greatness and goodness of that month of the blessings of the month but beyond that is and worse than that is that as we have heard time and again the very often quoted hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the incident where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came into the masjid and then he stood on the first step of the mimbar and said amin and the second step he said amin the third step he said amin and then he came down the sahaba inquired we didn't see this before what does this mean so nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that jibril sallallahu alaihi came and made three badduas three curses he invoked and each time i said amen among the three one was he said ba'udha man adraka ramadana falam yughfar lah may that person be accursed may that person be destroyed the month of ramadan came and he failed to gain his forgiveness so one is he lost out on all the rewards because he didn't spend his time constructively he didn't occupy himself in that which will bring down the blessings of allah on him but that was one part of it but because of disrespect and disregard for such a great occasion the situation becomes very dangerous becomes extremely sensitive that he then can become a victim of the baddua of jibril sallallahu alaihi wasallam and upon which rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said amin often we look around and we see many things happening to the ummah at large we see many things that we just can't make head and tail of can't make sense of 
how can this ummah be battered in this way? How can this ummah be just kicked around like a football and nobody to take any notice of it? So many times these things become very baffling, become very very confusing sometimes for many. But if you look in the light of the Quran Sharif, in the light of ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and if you look at these kind of ahadith, for example, that a person who disregards the month of Ramadan and he's still continuing with his sinful life, he's still continuing with the haram that he's involved in, he's still involved in so many things that Allah Taala is displeased with. Yes, he's fasting. Alhamdulillah. Thumma alhamdulillah. Unfortunately, many don't end up doing that too. But mashallah, the majority might be more than just the simple majority, maybe the overwhelming majority, inshallah, keeping their fast. Excellent, Allah Ta'ala's fazal karam. They are probably making the taraweeh salah, besides the five daily salah, obviously, making tilawat of the Quran Sharif, doing various other righteous deeds, alhamdulillah. But that is not where it ends. The whole objective of Ramadan is to acquire taqwa. So now the sins are still carrying on, the object is being defeated, the bonus is being received. But the objective, that is lost. And that is where the disregard of Ramadan comes in. That is where the disrespect of Ramadan comes in. If there is an occasion, really big occasion for somebody, might be his wedding, it might be some other big moment of his, and then somebody comes there, might be his friend, might be some relative, whoever it might be. He comes there, he is whistling at the top of his voice, now all dignified guests there. Now he is whistling at the top of his, he is shouting to somebody else across the table, on the other end of the room. And he, is, he may not have been doing anything that is impermissible, but he is just not behaving in a way that is ethical, that is dignified. He is not conducting himself in a respectful manner. This person who is hosting this function, this person who has invited all the guests, he will feel very, very hurt. He will feel embarrassed, very embarrassed. And if this goes on, he's going to probably either tell him himself or get somebody, please take this all outside and send him off. He can't tolerate this here. He's just behaving in such a way that is completely out of line in terms of this gathering that's here, this function that's taking place. If we put ourselves in the shoes of that host, that's what we'll do. We'll be very embarrassed. Whereas this fellow at the most what he's doing is wrong. It's not in order obviously. But he's not doing something that is blatantly a sin. But it's wrong to harm somebody by hurting them in this way. By causing them embarrassment. That itself is also a sin in a way. But it's not a blatant haram like many other major sins. But we won't tolerate it. We'll pack him off. That you don't have any etiquette, any respect for the gathering. Now can we imagine that this is our reaction to our small little function. And this is Allah Ta'ala is hosting. Allah is the host for the month of Ramadan. And this is such a great occasion that Allah Ta'ala has Jannah decorated for the month of Ramadan. And adorned for the month of Ramadan. Allah Ta'ala opens out the doors of Jannah and closes up the doors of Jahannam. Ramadan has come. Allah Ta'ala changed the shayateen that my servants should have no interruption in their effort to get closer to me. So the shayateen that become a barrier, become an obstacle and 
try to derail them and waylay them, change the shayateen also. All this Allah Ta'ala is making conducive for His servants to come to Him. Now we hosted one small little function, one gathering, and somebody just started arguing with somebody there in that gathering. We can't tolerate him. He's arguing here, it's my function, got no etiquette, no respect, we'll pack him off. And we are now conducting ourselves in such a great occasion, with total disregard for the command of Allah Ta'ala, we didn't create that guest. We didn't even feed him, we gave one plate of food at the most. But all these days we weren't feeding him. But Allah Ta'ala grants us everything. Allah is the one that feeds us. We're breathing Allah Ta'ala's oxygen every moment. Everything is from Allah Ta'ala. Now He blessed us with such a great month and total disregard for it. Can we imagine now? So now this is the context in which this Hadith Sharif has to be understood. The Jibreel is now invoking that curse. Allah Ta'ala has such great blessings and bounties, such a great occasion and such total disregard. May that person be accursed. Ramadan came and he failed to gain his maghfirat. Forgiveness will not come by ibadat. By ibadat we'll get reward. But forgiveness will come by refraining from sin. By refraining from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. Even the ibadat will bring down the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. But if the sins continue, it will block it off. That rahmat won't reach us. So this is the context in which we have to understand what is going on with the Ummad. That when we have made ourselves the victims of these kind of curses that have been invoked in the Hadith Sharif, then obviously if we disregard such great occasions, what is going to come down? You see throughout the world what goes on in the month of Ramadan as well. Illa mashallah, mashallah, many people truly appreciate such a great occasion. They use it correctly. But by and large, we see what goes on, we know what goes on. So many things just carry on like nothing has changed. Everything carries on like it's not even Ramadan, it's not even Islam for that matter. So therefore we have to prepare ourselves to take the maximum. One preparation is Toba and Istighfar. So that's a very important preparation. And then to increase our Amal. All this is part of the preparation for Ramadan. But then one very, very crucial and very important preparation. And this preparation is very clearly, it's, we are made to prepare. Meaning we are given a further opportunity that even if a person wasn't truly focused, he is jolted into preparing this particular preparation. That barely two weeks before Ramadan comes the very great occasion of the 15th night of Sha'ban. Now one is the greatness of this night. That in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, Allah Ta'ala's special mercy is descend on the lowest heaven. And then Allah Ta'ala forgives numerous of his creation. But then there are certain categories of people that are excluded from the forgiveness of such a great occasion. And this is highlighted in the Hadith Sharif. So it's not just something being mentioned that well, this person is excluded and that person is excluded. The occasion is such and so great that anybody who hears that such a person is excluded, 
and if it applies to him he won't be able to sit at ease and just let it pass he'll want to do whatever it takes to remove that barrier to come out of that exclusion list and come into the inclusion list because he can't afford to miss out he can't afford to lose out so that is the way in which this has been described that a person will be jolted this applies to me, I can't lose out I need to sort this out I need to make amends so these are things normally we end up hearing about it maybe on the occasion of 15th of Shaban a day or two before but we don't then take the time to focus to sort out what we should be sorting out so just to touch on one particular aspect but prior to that among the things that are mentioned in the Hadith Sharif among the categories of people that are excluded from the forgiveness of Allah wa ta'ala, from the Rahmat of Allah ta'ala on such an occasion فَيَغْفِرُ اللَّهُ لِجَمِيعِ خَلْقِهِ إِلَّا لِمُشْرِكٍ أَوْ مُشَاحٍ in one Hadith Sharif Nabi Islam says a mushrik he's excluded obviously no iman where he's going to get the Rahmat of Allah ta'ala. the second category that's mentioned in this particular Hadith mushahin person who has malice in his heart he has dirt in his heart for others. Then other categories are also mentioned, Aqun liwalidei, person who is disobedient to his parents. Another category mentioned, Qati'u rahimin, person who cuts family ties, severs relationships. And then the other aspects mentioned as well, person who is addicted to intoxicants, and few other categories mentioned also but now if you look at the bulk of these categories shirk obviously that's the worst filth it's a filth of the heart Allah Ta'ala says the mushrikeen are najas najasat it's not external it's internal it's inside the heart total najasat so this deals with the dirt of the heart then together with this is mushahim, person who harbors malice. What is this to do with? Also the heart, dirt of the heart. And then a person who severs relationships, person who is disobedient to his parents, is obviously bad relationship. If there wasn't a bad relationship, they won't be severing of family ties. Again that comes down to dirt of the heart. And a person being disobedient with his, of his parents, where there's going to be a clean heart between him and his parents. So, so many of these categories all relate to a dirt within. Varying categories, shirk obviously is the worst level of dirt, filth, najasat in its entirety. And these are not on that level, but it's dirt. It's filth. So whether it is malice, whether it is cutting of relationships, whatever other issues of this regard, of this nature, it relates to a dirt of the heart. And Allah Ta'ala wants this heart to be clean. In the dua that Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran Sharif, the dua that Ibrahim Ali Salatu Salam made. Ibrahim Ali Salatu Salam, a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, among the great Ulul Azm in Rusul the very high-ranking Anbiya Ali Muslim. and Khalilullah friend of Allah wa ta'ala. and he is making dua and what is his dua? Allah ta'ala 
preserves this dua in the Quran Sharif for us. وَلَا تُخْزِنِي يَوْمَ يُبْعَثُونَ يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالُ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَ اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ Ya Allah, don't disgrace me on the day of Qiyamah. We are all very conscious and very very all the time alert to this that we mustn't face any kind of criticism, any kind of humiliation, any kind of disgrace in dunya. If a person feels uncomfortable, then he feels embarrassed, and then if there's some disgrace of some sort, then now it becomes very difficult to carry on with life sometimes. So obviously that too is something to be staying safe from, from doing any such thing that brings down disgrace in dunya also. So, and that too we have to ask Allah Ta'ala's safety from but the disgrace of dunya cannot compare one fraction to the disgrace of the day of Qiyamah. So this too is something to ask Allah Ta'ala's protection from. dunya wa From the khiz and the disgrace of dunya also we have to seek refuge. But this can't compare one bit to the disgrace of akhirat. On that day, وَحُسِّلَ مَا فِي sudur. Here in dunya, people can at the most see what's outside, what's external, but they can't see what's inside our hearts. They might be smiling at somebody, but our heart is cursing him, he doesn't know. But on the day of Qiyamah, that will get exposed. That behind those sweet words, what was in the heart? The things that a person was doing secretly, and he thought nobody is watching, but Allah Ta'ala's angels too are recording. And Allah Ta'ala is all knowing. If that was not sorted out and Tawbah wasn't made and the person left from dunya in that manner and didn't gain the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala all those secrets will come out and come out where? in front of the whole creation of Allah Ta'ala his father is there, his mother is there, his sister is there, his brother is there his aunt and uncle and ustad and those friends and those children and everybody is there, this is what you are up to these are the places you are going to and it was a month of Ramadan also. And you said, no, you're going to sit in the masjid the whole night, making ibadat. But that was your story that you made with where you went. Now all these things are getting exposed. Can we imagine the disgrace of that? Did Allah save us. Now such a great Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, who is ma'asoom, who has no fear for that in reality. But in front of the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, they feel themselves as nothing. And as a result, in their humility, they still ask safety from this. Wala tukhzini Allah, don't disgrace me on the day of Qiyamah. What day is that? That such a day, The day when nobody's wealth or children will, will be of any avail to him. All the things he amassed and the empire that he built. But on the day of Qiyamah, nothing will come to his avail. All his children and grandchildren and all those who showed so much of attention and love and affection and we always say, I'm at your side. On the day of Qiyamah, nobody is anybody's side. On the day of Qiyamah is nafsa nafsi. Everyone is worried about himself only. person will flee from his own parents, from his children, from everybody. So now on that day, none of these things will help. What will help? إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَ اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ 
accept the one who comes to Allah Ta'ala with a clean heart. He's come to Allah Ta'ala with a clean heart. That person, his heart now will be of great benefit to him on the day of Qiyabad. So now what is this cleanliness of the heart? Now this, as we discussed just now, that these great occasions come, now this 15th of Shaban, it's all related to keeping the heart clean. Because this dirt of the heart becomes a barrier. Barrier from the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala wants us to clean it. That Look, there's two weeks left before Ramadan then. If you're not going to clean now, when are you going to clean? And this is an extremely important preparation for Ramadan. Cleaning the heart out. Cleaning the heart out of what? Cleaning the heart out of, obviously, first, the greatest najasat, shirk. Allah Ta'ala save us from that as well. And then cleaning the heart out of all things that create doubts in the Shariat of Allah Taala, in a shirki wa shak. Anything that nowadays, anything and everything is flying around through social media, and people are pressing any buttons and accessing anything and everything. One person just recently phoned, barely a few days ago, he has now linked up with someone, Allah knows best where. This person's Tawheed is on a very high level. That was the opening point. MashaAllah, his Tawheed is on a very high level. Alhamdulillah, Tawheed is the essence of everything. Tawheed is the very foundation. If there's no Tawheed, nothing else is going to be of any use. His Tawheed is on a very high level. And then as he went along, he says, he mentioned something, the person said, look, you're going off the track now. You're focusing on Amal now. Leave all that aside. Tawheed. So now who can deny the importance of Tawheed? Tawheed is Aslul Usul. That's the very foundation. But now this person's Tawheed was so high in his own terms, in big inverted commas, that he negated all the Amal. Just keep concentrating on Tawheed. So in the whole Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ يَعْمَلُونَ الصَّالِحَاتِ All the ayat of the Quran Sharif that relate to righteous actions, all that take it and put it away somewhere. So Salat is not important now anymore. And all the other amal of deen, not so important. But just focus on Tawheed. This is shaitan's deception. That a person now is taken away. From there now he is in some deception about himself being in a very high space. Whereas he is nowhere. So in any case, because of this now, so many doubts start getting created in the hearts. And these doubts start affecting iman. So to clean the heart out of all shirk and shak, all doubts. And then to clean the heart out from sin. That's a clean heart. A clean heart from sin. All kinds of sin have an effect on the heart. When a person commits a sin, a dark spot appears on the heart. And then if he commits another, then another spot appears. And then the heart becomes engulfed in this darkness. This is dirt. So now to clean the heart out of this dirt of sin. And then... Among the many other things, the very important thing is, as we've understood in these ahadith that we mentioned, that to keep the heart out of, clean out of any dirt for others. Clean heart. That this heart doesn't harbor any malice, any jealousy, any enmity, any hatred. Dunya is dunya, and this is what is it all about, about keeping it clean. So now a person says he must keep his house clean. So does it mean he cleaned it once and for till Qiyamah will stay like that? 
If he doesn't dust it and sweep it for two days, the third day it will be looking like it's something like a tornado hit it or something. Every day that process continues. Clean it yesterday, he'll clean it today, and then clean it tomorrow also. And that will carry on, because that process of cleaning doesn't stop. Because dunya is dunya, there'll be dust flying around all the time. There'll be dust flying around all the time and things will keep getting dusty. And they'll have to be dusted all the time. And be cleaned all the time. Likewise the heart, we are insan and we are living in dunya. And all kinds of dust will fly around. And it'll affect us also. It'll affect us. But we can't stop there. That Well, the dust came. Like somebody else threw dirt into our house. Now well, he threw it. So till he doesn't come, we're not going to change it. One person was living somewhere and very very unconcerned about having these things in order whatever else and everything in a disarray and all in dirt so it happened now in those days the people would go for Hajj and then they would sometimes go and visit some other country wherever they so they one person came along Haji so the Haji came after Hajj to visit this person he came there and he saw the place he got a shock in any case, while that person was out for a few minutes, he decided to just set everything up for him. Nevertheless, he's host. But now he put everything in order, mashallah. And this person came, he saw it, he thanked him. In any case, he went to it. The Hadi too was gone after a while. Then after a few days later, again everything started going back to its previous situation. So somebody else who saw all this and saw what the Hadi did for him too. And now, again, he's just neglecting it. It's all going back to square one. So he told him by... At least just take some effort to keep it right. So he said, no, no, the next year another Haji will come, he'll sort it out. So he's waiting now for next year another Haji to come. So that by the time that Haji comes, this might be, Allah knows best what his condition will be. This requires every day process. So now just as everything else has to be cleaned every day, the heart also requires to be cleaned all the time. There isn't a time when it's stopped. And it's not something that happens automatically. It's an effort. It's an effort that needs to be made. And Allah Ta'ala loves this tremendously. This clean heart, Allah Ta'ala loves this tremendously. There's one hadith sharif, well-known hadith, where once Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was sitting with the Sahaba Ikram, and then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says to them, just now a person of Jannah will pass by. Can we imagine somebody is still walking on earth, and he's getting the endorsement of being a Jannati on the Mubarak words of, lips of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So the Sahaba were all eager to see who is this person. Suddenly they see one person walking past, and he's walking tantufu lihiyatuhu min waduhi. The water of wudu is still dripping from his beard. His sandals are in his left hand, and he's very simple, humble person. They're walking, and he's going past. Every person gave that endorsement. Any case he passed, the next day again suddenly Nabi Salaam says that just now a person of Jannah will pass by. Everybody is again all eager to see who comes. And the same person passes by again in a similar manner. And this happens for the third time the next day. So Abdullah bin Amr ibn Asr he decides to follow him. He follows him up to his house and then he just makes up on story. You know, I had an issue with my father so I just said, I'm not coming home for three days. So now I want to need, I need a place for three days. Can I come and just stay with you for three days? So he said, by all means, come. So for three days he stayed with him. 
and he says for three days, what I observed was, now this was a general thing among the Sahaba Ikram, that they would all have a time for ibadat in the night. For some reason on this occasion, Allah Ta'ala willed it that this should become such. He says, I didn't even see him waking up for any ibadat of the night. So not the norm, but on that, in that happened, perhaps he was, whatever might have been the case, so I didn't even see him waking up for any ibadat of the night. Yes, when he would sometimes turn sides, then he would engage in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, and in takbir and tasbih. But in the three days, I didn't hear him saying anything negative about anybody. But he says, now three days passed, and the same thing, I never saw him standing up in any tahajjud one night. I didn't see him making any extra ibadat beyond anybody else. And he says, I eventually started actually regarding his amal and his extent of action as very little. This person doesn't have anything special about him. So after three days passed and I saw this, then eventually I told him, look, I'm going, but this is what the reason I came for. I had no issue with anybody. I actually came to see what is your amal so that I may follow in your footsteps. Because after all, you've got the endorsement of Jannah. This is what happened three days in a row. Nabi Wasallam said a person of Jannah will pass and you passed. So I want to see what you do. There's something special about you. So I can follow in your footsteps. So the Sahabi says, Ma huwa illa ma ra'id. It's what you've seen. I have nothing else. There's nothing more to tell you. Nothing more to show you. It's what you have seen. So in any case, he turns to leave. But as he turns to leave, he calls him again. He says, it's whatever you've seen. Ma huwa illa ma ra'id. But yes, there's two things. The two things, I don't speak anything that is of no benefit to me. Now, who regards this as a very great thing? But he says, I don't speak anything that is of no benefit. Layani, futile things, I don't speak that. And the other aspect, that I don't have any malice in my heart for anyone. Wala ajidu fi qalbi li ahadin min al-Muslimin. My heart is completely clean for everybody. Abdullah bin Amr ibn Asad says, this is what has taken you to the rank that you have reached. And this is what we are not able to achieve. He's talking on a point of humility. Allah knows best what rank they were in, we can't imagine. But he says, this has elevated you to the position that you're walking on earth and Nabi Islam gave you the endorsement of Jannati. Obviously the Sahaba, there was no question about them missing their salah and indulging in sin and that all those things were in place. But together with that, this clean heart, Once somebody asked Rasulullah, who is the best of people, the most virtuous? So Rasulullah replied and said, Kullu so the Sahaba replied and said, Saduqul Lisan, Saduqul Lisan na'rifuhu. Saduqul Lisan, a truthful person, that we know, we understand that. Meaning it's a straightforward thing, somebody who's honest, who's truthful, doesn't lie, doesn't speak anything that's out of turn, etc. But this mahmumul qalb, this we, we haven't understood. This is something new to us. What does this mean? Now, khammama, khammama actually means to sweep. Khamamtul bayt, swept the house. 
Now, makhmumul qalb, what does this mean now? This is something new. So Rasulullah replied, the makhmumul qalb is the person, kullu taqiyin naqiyin. Every person who has taqwa and is very clean. Clean where? Inside. Obviously the external cleanliness is part of iman. At-tuhuru shatrul iman. But this is now referring to the cleanliness within. That the heart is clean. Heart is not harboring any malice, any ill feeling, any dirt for anybody. Now this is that preparation for Ramadan. Together with all the other preparations. But now two weeks before Ramadan comes, comes this very great occasion. 15th of Shaban, with the tremendous blessings of Allah Ta'ala that descend. And the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala that comes. But the person harboring dirt in his heart is excluded from that forgiveness. So what is meant to do? It's meant to jolt him, clean up. Now this is the clean up time, Ramadan is coming. Because in order to receive the full blessings, step one is clean up. Somebody is pouring zamzam, so he says bring your container and come. First he look what kind of container we brought him came. Now somebody comes with a dirty container, says by I'm not pouring it in this. I've got zamzam to pour. I'm not going to put it in your dirty glass. Go and clean it up and come. So Allah Ta'ala too wants to shower down his rahmat. But it will come on a clean heart. So now we have to clean up. And this is what is the very great thing to do. That to have this clean heart. If you look into the lives of the Sahaba Ikram. Anything that seemed to have come in between. They couldn't rest until it was sorted out. Until that heart got cleaned out. Once Hazrat Bilal, Hazrat Suhaib, Hazrat Ammar bin Yasir radiallahu ta'ala and a few other very very poor Sahaba, they all were seated. Abu Bakr radiallahu was with them. And at that time, this was before Hijrah in the time of, while they were in Makkah Mukarram Asl, and one of the leaders of the Quraysh at that time, he had not yet accepted Islam, he happened to pass. So now, one of them passed a remark that the ما أخذ سيوف الله من عدو الله ما أخذها that Allah Ta'ala's swords has not yet done its job with some of Allah's enemies one of them passed this comment this person is such a arch enemy of Islam and the Muslims but he's still walking around he still hasn't been job not yet done so Abu Bakr this person overheard it Abu Bakr out of hope that this person might someday accept Islam, but now he might get turned away by this comment. So to sort of pacify him in a way, he sort of scolded the Sahaba. And he said to them, are you speaking in this way to a leader of the Quraysh? But then something struck him. He came himself to explain to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa This is what happened. That one of these people, they made this comment. But now in other words, I said this, in reprimand to them, but out of, so to say, consideration for a disbeliever. And I chastised the sincere Muslims. And this what they said at that time, was maybe something in passing, somebody said it, but it came out of that zeal of Iman. So Rasulullah immediately said to him, Maybe you, you know, by this, you, how you reprimanded them, you might have hurt their feelings. These poor, simple Sahaba, but who are very great in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, you might have hurt their feelings perhaps. 
So he immediately wakes up. He is Siddiq Akbar. In the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he was already among all the Sahaba understood to have that high position. That after Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it is him. It was not something that only happened after Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam's time. In the time of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, everybody recognized this position of his. But despite being on that position and these being very very poor Sahaba, he immediately comes to them. That there must be no dirt in the heart. If I did something, I must set it right. He immediately comes to them. Ya ikhwata, aghdabtukum. And again he says it. Ya ikhwata, oh my brothers. That that very construction is a construction of when somebody is saying something in great affection. Oh, love. Ya ikhwata. Perhaps I, I hurt your feelings. You got upset with me. They say, no, 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 we didn't get upset with you. We felt nothing. You are our senior. Allah Ta'ala forgive you. He had no hesitation in apologizing. And the same thing on the other side, that they didn't have any hesitation in accepting the apology. Because both parties wanted that clean heart. There mustn't be any dirt any around, anywhere. So no hesitation in apologizing. If we can make mistakes, insan is insan. can slip up somewhere. But there's a moment of realization if a person has some consciousness. There's some consciousness, there's a moment of realization. But then when that realization comes, then sometimes the ego comes in between. The realization comes. But then the ego comes in like a big wall in between. Now I must go and apologize to so and so over my dead body. Perhaps after I'm dead, maybe I'll do it. And some have some other ways of expressing it. Somebody has passed away now, for example, now, some senior now, the father passed away, the grandfather passed away, says, my grandfather comes out from his grave and tell me to own do it. Now that's the way of expressing it. But here this is a lesson. Such a person, such a personality, on such a great level of respect among the Sahaba Ikram, but it didn't come in his mind in any way, I must now lower myself and go ask for forgiveness and apologize without any hesitation and humbling himself and with great muhabbat. Perhaps I hurt your feelings, I maybe disturbed you, you got upset on me. They say, no, no, nothing, no, no, it's all fine. This was that zeal and this is the way they kept their hearts clean. Things can happen anywhere, just keep flying around. All the time places are dusty, you have to keep cleaning it. There's no end to it. One person went and spent some time in the company of one very pious person. And after spending some time in his company and then he came back. So now people are asking him, you spend the time there, what you learned? So he says, how I wish I can conduct myself with my family and friends in the way that he conducts himself with his enemies. How he conducts himself with his enemies if I managed to conduct myself with my family and friends in that way, then too I would have achieved a lot. That the kind of heart he has, how he can overlook everything, how he can keep his heart clean, despite whatever happens, how he can still make dua for everybody, how he can still be ready to help whoever it might be, no matter what they did for, against him. See, I wish I can deal with my friends and family the way he deals with his arch enemies, those who are 
hell bent on hurting him and harming him and even trying to kill him. But that heart that he has for them and that manner that he deals with them, if I deal with my near and dear ones in that manner, I would have gone away ahead. Hazrat Abu Dujana radiallahu ta'ala got very sick, so people came to visit him. A sick person, sick person you merely see his face too and you realize he's sick, even if he didn't say anything. But when they came to visit him, his face is beaming. So now, they're finding this very strange. This person is ill, he's in pain. A person is in pain, he's in difficulty, you don't see him beaming. So he perhaps maybe thought that his, his time is up, whatever. But now he was beaming. So they asked him, what's this? How come this is the case? So he didn't get into any other details. He just said, look, I have great hope in two things. The most hope I have on any of my amal, anything, any actions I've done, the greatest hope I have that Allah Ta'ala will show me mercy on these two things, on these things is two aspects. What are the two aspects? Again, the same two that came in the other Hadith Sharif. He says, number one, I never used to speak futile things. And number two, وَكَانَ قَلْبِي لِلْمُسْلِمِينَ salima." That my heart was always clean for every Muslim. Abdullah bin Abbas one person starts reviling him, abusing him, calling him all kinds of things. So he says to him, look you are abusing me, reviling me, but let me tell you there's three things that, that are part of me. And you want to carry on doing what you want to do, you do it. But I'm just telling you about these three things. He was Shibrul Ummah, the sage of the Ummah. He made some khidmat and Nabi Islam got extremely happy and gave him dua. Allahumma allimuhu al-kitab. Ya Allah, you give him the knowledge of the Quran Sharif. And he became the greatest mufassir of the Ummad. He says, when I recite an ayat of the Quran Sharif and that knowledge that opens out to me, in my heart it comes deeply how I wish every Muslim could be blessed with the same knowledge. Meaning, I'm not hoping or wishing for myself that I could have some distinguished position, everybody else must be in need of me. They must all come and ask me and they must search for knowledge from me and they must become my students. I am wishing at that time that every Muslim should have had this knowledge, it would be such a great thing for me. He says, I see sometimes or I get to know a certain Qazi, a certain judge, that mashallah he is a very, very, uh, he is very just in his rulings. Doesn't, he's not biased in any way. He says, I hear about this and I get very happy. Whereas, I will never probably have any case to take up to him in my whole life. I don't have any intention of doing this and I may never have a case to take to him in my whole life. But when I hear about this judge being very just and not being biased in any way, etc., it gives me great joy that my Muslim brothers will benefit from this person. That the Ummah will benefit from him. So the joy and the well-wish, the joy is as a result of the well-wishing of every Muslim brother. It's not my personal, I don't want any benefit from him. I don't have any need of taking any case to him. But because the fellow Muslims will all benefit, this is my heart for every Muslim. And he says, I hear about some rain came in certain place. He says, I don't have any animals grazing there. I don't have any land to cultivate there. I don't have any interest in that area. But I get very happy because that rain came in that far area, my Muslim brothers will benefit out of it. Their crops will now flourish, their animals will graze and there's so much good will come to them out of it. 
for the goodness of my fellow Muslims, I feel very happy. Now who feels like this? Person whose heart is clean. Otherwise he sees somebody else progressing, he's wondering now how can I just maybe tell him something that might digress him this way, just maybe disrupt something. Or if not, we're just not feeling happy about it. We're just feeling something negative about it. Now why he is going ahead? Should have, rather this customer should have come to me. And how can I now do something else to try and divert the attention of the customers to myself and all other kinds of things. Whereas the mu'min, his heart is well-wishing for everybody. So this is the lesson of the cleanliness of the heart. This is the preparation for the month of Ramadan. This is what Allah Ta'ala loves so greatly. يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالُوا وَلَا إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ The one who comes with this clean heart to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, this heart is going to be of avail to him on the day of Qiyamah. All the other things are all going to be left behind. So this is what we have to strive for, this is what we have to make an effort for. That wall that comes in between sometimes, that ego, and other things that come in between that become a barrier from doing the right thing. All that has to be broken down. Sometimes it's just a matter of just making a simple call, just sending a simple message, apologizing, accepting somebody's apology, just letting bygones be bygones. Often there's nothing else out of it. It's just somebody said something, somebody made some comment or something happened. Sometimes it happened, Allah knows best when. It happened a few generations before. People currently don't even know what actually happened. All they know is that my grandfather and his grandfather were loggerheads. So now they're still breaking head over it. They can't get past that, but they don't know exactly what happened. That's all gone, buried in history. But the, like the time of Jahiliya, there was one war known as Harbul Batus. That war wasn't last, didn't last too long. It only lasted for about 120 years. Not more than that. 120 years. And when a person would be dying, then he would make wasiyat. He would make wasiyat to his children that you can do anything else in life, doesn't matter to me, but you make sure you don't stop going to war against these people, our enemies. You don't ever stop doing this. So now one person is dying and is making wasiyat and from generation to generation is carrying on. And this happened over one chicken crossed over from one person's land into the neighbor's land. And it pecked something from there. And now that little few things it pecked from there, that person came to retaliate and he did something. So these people's family got together and they did something to him. And then these two clans got together and started fighting each other. And this war lasted only for 120 years. Now that Jahiliya sometimes hasn't gone. That was one Jahiliya. But in different ways and different forms, sometimes that Jahiliya continues. And over trivial things, over really insignificant matters but these become so big but then who said this and why was this said and Allah forbid way it finishes off this is the time now to clean all that out to turn to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala to make sincere tawbah istighfar Allah ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq that these great occasions coming Allah ta'ala enable us to prepare for it properly and to take the maximum benefit Allah ta'ala grant us all the best of dunya and akhirat wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin
อัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออัลลออ وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم اللهم اهدنا واهدبنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اجعلنا هداة مهتدين غير ضالين ولا مضلين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وديها ومولاها إله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most high most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive all who made it minus sins يا الله يا الله clean our hearts out يا الله clean our hearts out of all the vices all the evil all the malice and jealousy all the love of the ego all the pride and arrogance يا الله All the sins and vices, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen. Full our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Full our hearts with the muhabbat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Full our hearts with the love of deen, Ya Allah. Allah, adorn our hearts with all the beautiful and noble qualities, Ya Allah. Full our hearts with taqwa and tawakkul and inabat, Ya Allah. Full our hearts with tawazu, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen. Make us your true and obedient and loyal servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those are sick of them, shifai kamila, ajila, bustamirra, daima. Remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those who have any kind of difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, enable us to reach the Mubarak month of Ramadan, Ya Allah. Enable us to see the Mubarak month, Ya Allah. Enable us to engage ourselves correctly in the Mubarak month of Ramadan, Ya Allah. Grant us our forgiveness, Ya Allah. Do not deprive any one of us, Ya Allah. Do not deprive our families, Ya Allah. Do not deprive the Ummah. of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ilahu alameen ya Allah all those who asked us to make dua for them all who have raised their hands on this dua Allah you fulfill each one's by Jai's needs ya Allah 
fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Plan each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. The hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. The hearts of family members, Ya Allah. The hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All that we have asked for, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, grant it to us, Ya Allah. What we did not ask and should have been asking it, Ya Allah. Grant us that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min shari masta'adaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-alihi al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi al-ma'in wa alhamdulillah